Good morning, folks. Good afternoon. The Burt is back. We're here to preview Dynamite. Um, as you can see, those of you that watched last night's AEW Dark Grinalong, this, this visual popped me so much that I'm running it back. I felt that just one podcast, one hour, was was not enough. Um, Wrestle Purist, you'll be blocked if you again reference Wyndham in regards to my fashion choices. Uh, he would instead be wearing a black shirt underneath and he would not have it buttoned up. Please watch it. Be careful. Um, we have moderators in the chat. Please watch for Wrestle Purist. He was just texting me a moment ago. I completely ignored him because I'm a professional. So I hope everyone is well. Uh, this is the Burt. It's Wednesday. You know what that means, right? Um, Dynamite preview. A slightly different scenario today. Very different, I would actually go as far as say. Um, AEW is in a scenario of which they have yet to encounter through three years of their existence. And they are reacting to it in, frankly, an intriguing, un-AEW fashion. Um, which makes this exciting. Now, let me be very clear what I mean by un-AEW. It doesn't mean a negative, it doesn't mean a positive. It just means this is something they have not done before. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out tonight on TV. Let me um, make sure I know what I'm doing and that the stream isn't broke. There you go. Riley has cheered 100 bits. Tremendous. Um, <laughs> Riley has cheered 100 bits. We appreciate you, Riley. I was not laughing at you. I was laughing at someone else in the chat who's a piece of shit. And um, I hope everyone is well. So I want to approach this show slightly differently myself. Tonight, as we know, there is a battle royal to um, to to face John Moxley in the main event. Can open with a battle royal and then close with a Moxley match. And I want to go through the, the possibilities for that. I think it's intriguing. Firstly, though, this is a good point. Um, congrats to young Bobby on the premiere of the world famous 31 hearing a big demo in all seriousness have been blown away with the with the response to the 31 um, it should be crossing 400 views here shortly which is hilarious considering that my kind of internal target was like 100 which I assume we'll quickly um, spiral towards here in the coming weeks and months but we have got some plans for who's going to be on next. And, you know, obviously don't expect Tony Khan to be on, at least not for the first few seasons. Um, but I think you can expect it to be fun. We have some ideas and uh, Bobby's just tremendous and did an incredible job. So if you like the 31, we appreciate you. If you've not seen it yet, you can find it on both Twitch and on YouTube. We did it on like an encore presentation on Twitch which just pops me more than anything else. It doesn't really need to happen. It's kind of silly. It will hurt our statistics, but it's funny. So, um, yeah. If you haven't seen the 31, remedy that. And I've seen, I know a few of you rewatched it, which is hilarious. To have 60 live viewers on a video that's six minutes long and has no time, other than the five-minute countdown I added, to really build viewership is hilarious to me. So, we appreciate you guys. All right. Um, I'm looking here. In the chat, I will be answering questions, but as this is a <laughs> lots of bobby heads here in the chat, many bobby heads. Okay, 
It's called the the thirty one. Is well, Bobby's Twitter is really the. I mean, there's a more deeper meaning to it. But that's for Bobby to explain. But his Twitter, you know, born in nineteen thirty one. I wanted to go through some of the potential candidates for tonight's Battle Royal and my favourites. And so that's where I'm going to start. There isn't much else to talk about, so we'll just kind of do this and talk pros, cons. You guys can name people. I'll try my best to see them, so on and so forth. Um, I want to start with a tag team feud that has really been one of my favourite things in AEW in recent months. When you've heard me talk about it a lot, Team Taz... Keith and Swerve. I think all four of these guys are really interesting candidates. Look at this, like these same joke, Grimaces. Filth. I think all four of these are interesting candidates to differing degrees for John Moxley tonight. Now, before I go any further, I want to make this clear. I am pretty locked in to the idea of John Moxley winning this match. I think you should be too. Um, if you're not, that's fine. But considering that this is for a match against Tanahashi, that is probably going to be the match on Forbidden Door, almost certainly going to be the match, in fact, or at least one of the top two, I think you need John Moxley. This is the United Center. This is not the time for fun and games. You've been building Tanahashi and Moxley, or they have been building Tanahashi and Moxley anyway. Um, it's a massive match you can do. I think we should all honestly... Regardless of what your preference is and who you like or dislike, I think if we're being objective here, John Moxley should probably be leaving tonight as the guy that's facing Tanahashi at Forbidden Door or Tanahashi and Goto. You know, I, I think that really genuinely. This is, I agree with this. The only guy who could possibly win other than Moxley is Danielson. As far as we know, he isn't cleared. I do think Eddie Kingston is an interesting name, but he's way too embroiled in this absolutely kind of um, tormenting feud with with Jericho. I mean, he's losing his mind. So I think it would be the wrong time for that as much as I love King. So I think I think you need Moxley as champ. I just do. I, I think that's where it has to be. So when I'm naming these guys, I'm not saying they'll beat John Moxley. I'm simply picking out options to face John Moxley. Let's quickly touch a couple of guys that I don't think are there. Just mentioned Danielson. Danielson and Moxley... Um, would be incredible TV. I don't know if I'd necessarily do it, but it would be really interesting. That would be that would be strong. I don't think Danielson's on the board, as was just referenced. So you have to, you know, take him off. The other one that I don't think is going to be available that might be, I'm not certain, is Andrade. If Andrade is available, he is one of the top candidates for this role, I think. I think he could be legitimately elevated by winning a battle role and then losing to Moxley in a real match, a strong match, a lengthy match. I think Andrade is an interesting name. If he's around, I do not believe he is, but we shall find out here shortly. All right? Now, let's circle back to where I was starting, which was the tag team feud of Team Taz, Ricky, Hobbs versus Keith Lee and Swerve, who I believe are now officially known as Swerve in Our Glory. So, within this, I was convinced by our chat yesterday Shout out to whoever it was who said that Powerhouse Hobbs, while everyone's on the Ricky Starks bandwagon, Powerhouse Hobbs makes a lot of sense. And I kind of talked myself into it, or they talked me into it anyway. Reason being, when you pair those two guys up, as great as Powerhouse Hobbs is, 
just by the nature of their personalities, Ricky takes center stage. That's who he is. That's who he's going to be. He is just incredibly charismatic, effortlessly so. And Hobbs is a big badass, but he's not as kind of um, outgoing on TV as Ricky is. No, I'm not with that. It's fine. What that means is he needs the booking more than Ricky does in a lot of ways. Ricky will stay relevant and stay over just on personality. Hobbs, you need to actually reiterate to the audience that he's a he's a player and he's a significant piece of this roster. For that reason, I have increasingly came to the conclusion that he is actually the most intriguing name on this, this potential kind of big board here. And there's a few factors for this. Firstly, a big man like him, he should be able to get some really cool eliminations. I'm talking about him flinging some big lads over the top. I think even if he doesn't win the match, he should clearly get some of those eliminations in this match if he's in it. Um, so that's one thing. The big thing for me is when I've, you know, you're formatting this TV show, you have a battle rule at the top, which is bringing me the first 20 minutes of the show. And we're going to close this main event and we have this block in the middle. The real beauty of Hobbs is I think Moxley and Hobbs can be a 12 minute match and be better for it than it being longer. Um, I think Hobbs could come out like a complete badass losing clean. The problem with Hobbs is, and honestly, you could argue it's a problem for all of these names, these four names. I do not really think the audience would buy that Hobbs could beat Moxley, which is not a catastrophe. It's not terrible. But when you're doing a TV product, it is slightly limiting because, you know, you want to have great drama. And I think people would, there's a chance people would just kind of conclude Moxley is winning it. So, I think it's worth noting that as a potential flaw. But generally, this is where I would go. Um, I really do like this option a lot. And I think Hobbs is a guy who, while he has been on TV as of late and and uh, relevant within the team with Ricky, I don't think has been really spotlighted as a singles in a while, honestly. Since he beat Dante in the, in the qualifier, which I think was like four months ago, um, He's the one that stands out to me most personally. Okay. Now, let's stay in that scene. Let's talk about Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is equally um, compelling for this spot. Ricky would have a different type of match with Moxley. It's one that I would ideally have more, um, would ideally give more length than, than the, the Hobbs alternative. But Ricky is a guy who I think everyone wants to be up the card and everyone wants to be featured more in a kind of top guy role. Last week's Rampage suggests that they're going to be a team, which is fine. You can do both. Not a big deal. I'm a big fan of the booking trope of the younger guy. And AEW has done this before and they're good at it. I'm a firm believer in the idea that the younger guy can gain a lot in defeat in kind of a way that you signal to the audience, um, you know, He's up next, basically. In a kind of unofficial, very loose way, you're telling the people, we know we're going to circle back to this. Um, now, I think the key would be, and someone said his name was Hester, actually, you said it. Um, Hester in the chat said about, you know, you have to have the follow-up, and that's absolutely true. But I will say, and Elliot just is ahead of me here on this point, I think... Um, he would be a more realistic victor of a match with Moxley than Powerhouse Hobbs because I think he's more kind of in the television viewer's mind than 
than Hobbs. The thing that would be really interesting, kind of a temperature check in terms of Ricky, would be how the audience reacts. I'm not saying they would cheer Ricky over Moxley. I absolutely do think, though, that like there's a there's a world in which the audience kind of rallies behind Ricky because they're excited by the idea of him being in that scene. I really do think that's feasible. So Ricky and Hobbs are my two favorite selections here. I prefer Hobbs because I think he needs it more, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I think it would do more for him. Um, but both great options. Just quickly to answer this, says, do you think Tony would be less inclined to push Cody guys? I don't. I actually think if he thinks highly of them, he'll be more inclined um, to push Cody guys because he knows that they now have another option on the table and that is going to be a thing. Um, so I actually think kind of the opposite in, in, in a strange way. Uh, we have a new follower, M Dirty Dan. Pop. Um, there's Brian Cage talk. Sorry to hear that. Okay. I'm going to go for a few more here. So let's just stay in that for you to stick with that. The two babyface options are intriguing. Keith Lee is one that I must say I think is really exciting from a television perspective in terms of what kind of match you're giving the people on a whim. Keith Lee is not like a superstar name, but he gets superstar reactions. He has been protected totally in AEW. I think he did, he, he got pinned in a tag match where they did it like an interference or something. Him and Moxley definitely has like a marquee value to it. If you can throw that graphic up in segment three, I think you can definitely convince people to stick around because that is a that feels like a big match, like a Clash of the Titans kind of deal. The issues with this, obviously, and I know people are going to put it in the chat, I get it that you don't want Keith to lose. My response to that, and, and listen, folks, maybe, maybe this is foolish for me, maybe I'm misreading the audience. I just don't buy that that's like a thing here, honestly. Keith Lee is a great attraction for your roster. He is also a guy who I'm pretty sure is in his late 30s, is established to the audience. The audience sees him as a big deal. I don't see any world in which John Moxley putting him out of a bully choke is going to kill Keith Lee's um, stature with the audience. I think it would help Keith Lee incredibly, obviously, to go out there and have a killer match in a main event spot with a true top guy in the promotion and remind the folks of that's what people can, that's what people kind of um, associate with Keith Lee. Um, to me, in a lot of ways, this is a really exciting one and as good as the other two because it's about temperature checks. This will tell you how over Keith Lee is. Keith Lee gets a mega reaction. There is a real chance he will get cheered in this match for Moxley because he's not the Moxley's kind of the status quo by comparison, which is hilarious as that sounds. I think um, I think Keith is a, is a really fun one for TV purposes. It makes a lot of sense. I'm this is great comment from Reese, and this is kind of where this is kind of my thoughts encapsulated much better than I could. Keith having a blowaway singles match and losing helps him way more than not being in that match at all. That's what I was trying to trying to explain. I really think Keith has been used well, very well, actually, and they've given a chance to find his feet, and I love the Swerve team. But this is a one-night chance to kind of, like, play around with what could be with him as a top single, as a singles. If you wait forever, 
then, you know, and I'm not saying they're at like a emergency situation. They're not at all. I'm just, what I'm saying is um, it's a fun opportunity to play around with that. And then you can immediately go back to him and swerve as a babyface tag team. So there you go. Um, a lot of that top, go- a lot of their top guys have taken falls recently. They aren't that many that, that there aren't that many need actually protected like that at this stage. I agree totally. Um, I also agree with this. Some people need to lose in this battle royal for it to seem like it's worth a shot world title. It needs to be star studded. I think they've used that term, but we know that promoters, you know, license and stuff. Hopefully, it really is stacked and it feels special. Um, not there on the same level, but if Samoa Joe can lose to Adam Cole, then Keith Lee can lose to Mox. Fair. Let's just make sure that um, this let's just make sure that Bobby Fish doesn't run in. Um, I think Keith won't lose a lot because from losing, all he needs to do is drop down, leapfrog, and he's back to where he was. There you go. Um, it'd be really interesting. Really exciting to see that match too. It would have an appeal that, honestly, the other two matches I talked about, as much as I like them. Hang on a second. Well, now I'm confused. Our, our pal Monty here texts me from Wrestle Purists. And it's, it's from the control center. It says, who will win the Battle Royal and face John Moxley for the AEW Interim World Championship? Is tonight for the belt? Isn't tonight for a shot of the belt? Someone help. I don't know. Any thoughts about Kingston winning the Battle Royal? I was going to circle this later, but I'm gonna, I'll am gonna answer it now because you ask. I think it could be really compelling from a live perspective um, because, you know, Eddie Kingston is a star and him and John Moxley have history and it could be a really great moment. But I will say that I don't think it's the time, honestly. That's just me. I I think Kingston's way too wrapped up in the Jericho stuff. I, I actually don't think he should be in the match. To me, that dude, the way they're presenting him is that he's like losing it. I don't think he should be in it. So that's just me. Um, it says, the exact quote is, it's graphic from the control center. It says, who will win the Battle Royal and face John Moxley for the AEW Interim World Championship? I don't know. Strange. It's, it's bizarre. Who's your final four to make it feel meaningful? Um, so I actually, apparently it's on the control center program. I actually, um, to be honest with you, man, I, I've kind of, talking it through, really got myself into this Keith Lee idea. So I would go with Keith and Starks as the last two. I would have Darby in the last four. And I would probably have someone that's kind of a veteran, like a Christian Cage, for example. A Christian Cage. Just to someone a glue guy, you know. No, this is a four. I know it's not. I know it's not like crazy state, but I think they're, they're all to me are like fringe top guys. So I know that helps. Um, okay, this this circle about while everyone figures out what the hell they're tweeting about. I don't know. Okay, I'm 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 going to go back to my notes here. So we talked about Keith. We talked about Ricky. We talked about Hobbs. Let's talk about Swerve, who has got over so huge in the Holbert family that he has convinced us we're going to a progress show, which is a rib, but I'll get into that when it happens. Um, Swerve, I think, is clearly the fourth of these options, which speaks to how exciting the other three are. But he is intriguing. Many of the same factors are at play with him in the sense that 
I don't think he's got nearly the same degree of reaction that Keith Lee has, um, which there's no shame in. You know, that's that's just is what it is. So it would be a real chance to kind of elevate him and get, again, one of those really valuable reads on the audience where I think um, Swerve, I think, would be less likely to get like a huge reaction than, than Moxley in this position. But I do think his performances as of late are very much worthy this spot. I think he's been spectacular as of late. Um, honestly, since him and Keith started rolling as a team, he's one of the more exciting guys to watch in the whole promotion. I, I agree with this. This is old school pro wrestling that works a treat. The Who's House deal genuinely works in every building they go to. And I've, I'll say this much. In terms of the straight-up match itself, him and Mox is the one that maybe excites me most. Bell to bell. Now, again, I say that saying fully aware that I did just say, and I stick by it, I think he's fourth out of these four candidates for me, booking-wise. Um, but as a match, it's very intriguing. I will say, though, I think Swerve's got more time on his side. I think he's been pinned not too much, but enough that, honestly, I'd be kind of slightly hesitant. I think Keith's the better choice. So there's, there's those four guys. Um... I want to talk about someone who someone just got brought up in the chat who has been out recently that I think a uh, watching the control center they have it correct the graphic on Twitter is just poorly worded good lord man tough um, someone just brought him up where was the orange Cassidy here we go is orange ready orange Cassidy is a major dark horse in this battle royal I believe he is cleared. It's hard to say. He's on the Universal Studios um, graphic. But that doesn't really mean anything because he is going to be there regardless because he'll just like be at ringside and stuff and take photos of people. So it's whatever. If it is him and he's cleared, I think here's the reason I think it's a feasible possibility. Lest we forget, seven months ago when Mox had to take himself out of the game and thank goodness he did and you know we're so happy to have him back in the industry, but... He, him and Orange was the match that was booked for the semi-final. Remember that? It was the world title tournament. Orange Cassidy, John Moxley was the semi-final. Set and ready to go. They had interactions in the ladder match prior to that, the casino one with Hangman in it. And it was really a big topic at the time, how fun that match was going to be. Um, especially because Mox was, you know, especially violent and aggressive in that last stretch in that tournament. I remember him wrestling 10 and just massacring the poor man. And that was a match that we didn't get because much more important things came into play. And you know, that's, that is what it is. But I absolutely think Tony Khan remembers that. So do not be surprised if they circle back to that matchup, which is one that intrigues me and I'm sure intrigues a lot of their audience. And I do think from a TV perspective, it would be um, exciting purely because Orange has not been in the ring. So there you go. Now, I will say... Um, and this part is kind of maybe divisive. I think the only problem with this is that excitement that he hasn't been around is equal parts slightly outdone by the fact that I think um, I think people would struggle to believe that the title match is Tanahashi versus Orange Cassidy, which is not a big deal, but it is a thing. Um, but it still it still feels very possible. I think. How many people do you think do you reckon are in this battle royal? 15, 20, 30. I would say 15, 20 is where the is the kind of range I'm thinking. 
but that's purely guesswork, bro. I don't know. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. You'll get a debut in the Battle Royal. I don't think the roster needs any, but with all the injuries, I could see Tony being tempted. You could beat a debut against Mox. It'll be interesting. I do... I think you're going to get a, a kind of move made here shortly in the sense that... Um, in the sense of what you're talking about with the injuries, he gets tempted. I don't think that will be, be present in the Battle Royal. I think the Battle Royal is going to have enough kind of you know, shuffling and, you know, kind of political manoeuvring, not by the wrestlers, which is in a booking way, trying to protect all these different guys. I think they'll they'll leave the signings out of it. Now, you may get some random guest spots. It wouldn't surprise me if you got some kind of Johnny Elite-esque figures. But um, in terms of big-time all elite graphic signings, I don't think you'll, you'll get those, no, because this is going to be, as, as Pal says here, this is going to just be, I think, they're going to start the show with, like, Everyone in the ring. I'm, I'm kind of that's what they're going to do here. So um, it'll be interesting. All right. Again, just to be clear here, because I think this is, you know, I, I've I've changed my mind so many times. Talking it through, I think Keith Lee is the most exciting option. But I'm going to give a few more. Miro is an interesting candidate. It's not one I really like. To be totally honest with you. Because Miro just came back, and my, my concern with Miro is he lost the TNZ title, he lost to Brian Danielson. I want to give him a program win before he really, you know, enters this kind of scenario where he's losing a big match. With that being said, I've always worked bringing him up because he's a top heel. And, you know, I think him and Moxley is obviously a big match. And, in fact, the world title thing is even in play with them too because Miro took his place so on and so forth. Um, I think he's a worthwhile name to consider, even though I think it would be a mistake because Moxley's winning. Now, if you're not tied to Moxley winning, then I think it would be a hell of a spot for Miro. And let's be clear, him and Tanahashi would be would be tremendous. Could you imagine the selling in that match? I'd love to see it. I just think Moxley's leaving tonight the winner. So for that reason, I'm not a big fan of Miro as a choice. But I've always worth mentioning because he did just come back. He's one of their top heels. If you want a clear baby heel spot and a match that has some kind of, you know, statue to it and a marquee element to it, I think this this fits the bill. So I've always worth bringing up. Um, could you see Mox winning the title and then there being a program between him and Hangman after that? Part of me wants to see Punk Hanger 2 for the title unification. I could see it. I don't necessarily know if that's what they're going to do. I'm really intrigued, though, to your to your question, because I, I think this is an interesting talking point. And we'll get into it with Hangman and what he's doing tonight. I'm intrigued what their intention is next for Hangman, because it does need to be some really considered thoughtful character development. Um, my guess is that Moxley, and this has been my kind of reading it, and I could be totally wrong, I think Moxley and Punk was penciled in for All Out, and I think their hope is it will still be the match at All Out just for two belts. That's my guess. I think Moxley's title reign will be more kind of the kind of B programs that a punk would have had rather than saying it the magnitude of Hangman. The question then becomes, what does Hangman do? Um, which we'll get into here shortly when we talk about the Finley match, which I promise I have not forgotten about. There is no Burt Line news today. Bob has got to hit the big time. He was doing his meeting with executives last night. So tweet him if you want an age prediction. Um, okay. I have a couple other names here. Someone in the chat mentioned a few, so I'm going to get to these first. Malachi Black, 
Brody King, Buddy Matthews, House of Black, all those guys, I'm going to just group them together. I don't think this makes sense for them. Um, I am a big proponent of pulling off the Band-Aid and having some guys lose big matches and elevating them in, in defeat. I think at this point you've been patient enough with House of Black. This is not the spot for them. Now, with all just clarity here, this be completely transparent, if any three of those guys wins the Battle Royal, I'm fired up to see him wrestle John Moxley. As a fan, any of those matches is fun to me. But if I'm trying to be objective and kind of, um, you know, you know, clinical about this, if I'm being objective about it, analytical about it, I don't think this is the time for the House of Black. I think it's pretty clear that instead you've been patient enough. If you want to do them in the title program, let's do that when it means something. Let's not do it on a one-off. You know, that, that's just my personal read on, on House of Black. They are worth bringing up. If you want to pop a number, I would like to believe that throwing up a Malachi Black John Moxley graphic would do that. But I, I just don't think um, – I don't think it's the time. I don't think this is the way you kind of – you do that. So – House of Black for me, I'm putting in that Miro Kagura. I'd actually have them as worse options than, than him, but I think it's worth bringing up. I also saw Darby. Darby was on my list. Darby is a really intriguing one because it appears that they are kind of unofficially doing a losing streak of sorts with him. They have not really alluded to it on TV, but him losing to O'Reilly felt to me like they've got something in mind here from a character development point of view, which is interesting and probably overdue. With booking tonight, you could actually continue that by having him lose to Moxley while kind of rejuvenating him in terms of presentation by having him win the Battle Royal. So um, Derby, I think, is is an intriguing one. I think it's better than the last two names we talked about. I don't know if it's quite as um, interesting to me as Orange, purely because Derby and Mox had their title match two years ago now, right, a long time ago. Um, so I always worry about Derby because you can do the losing streak thing while kind of give Shane him some love. So, you know, I think he's an interesting name. Just to circle back to this, Eddie Kingston, I know there's a lot of people wanting to win this. I just don't think it makes sense. Um, the Jericho stuff, the way it's been presented, I think Eddie needs to be focused on that. I wouldn't even have him in the battle royal, honestly. I think... Eddie is framing it himself like Jericho's drove him, he's drove him nuts. So, to me, keep Eddie focused. Moxley's different. Moxley's just helping his pal out. He's awful hard to love and loves a fight. So, I think it's different, but that's just me. So, we have Darby on the board. I think Darby's a more feasible option than Miro and Malachi, less so than Orange Cassidy, quite frankly. Um, let me add him here to my little... List of no, this is gonna be hilarious when you know for a fact the winner won't be any of these, right? That's the way this business works. All right, Kyle O'Reilly. I saw many people in the chat naming him, he's on my list here. O'Reilly is a really interesting blend of the factors we've been talking about. So, what do you have going for O'Reilly? Well, firstly, the match itself would be awesome, and it would not need 20 minutes to be awesome, it would be like physical. And they could do Moxley could get into his kind of grappling, um, grappling bag, which I know he loves doing that shit. And like Kyle was the guy to do it with, and they could trade strikes and have a really cool match, um, like a juiced up version of what he did with Joe, which didn't need a lot of time either. So that part, honestly, of all these names in terms of pure wrestling, that may be the most compelling option of all of them. 
In addition to that, he doesn't feel cold at all. He beat Derby at the pay-per-view, and more than that, he's been wrestling with such a degree of consistency. He's, he feels like he's kind of heating up. You know, He feels in rhythm in a way that, honestly, very few guys in AEW do where it feels like I've seen him wrestle, because I have, honestly, for the last three, four weeks straight, I've seen him wrestle. And that may not be relevant to all of you, but I think it's cool. I think it it has a certain presence in the TV viewers' mind of, you know, if you watched Dynamite for last month, you know that O'Reilly's for real. Now, granted, Joe beat him. So, Joe, no, I don't think there's anything kind of negative there from a booking perspective. Again, again, beat Derby. So, I think he's a really intriguing possibility. Um, the issue is, for everything I just said, does he have the stature to truly convince people that he can, that he's going to win this match? I don't think so, and that's why he falls short in comparison to a a Keith Lee, for example, who I think could convince me in the middle of the match. But um, Kyle is the, one of the better heel options, I think, more so than Mira Malakai, because I'm much more confident beating him. I think Kyle makes a lot of sense. Okay. Kyle O'Reilly is, is on the board. Let me look here at my, my list. There's a bunch of names here, guys. It really is. Um, I see a lot of Takeshita talk in the chat. Let's talk about Takeshita. He may be the most sincere, authentic version of a true elevation in terms of picking a guy and saying, Mox, you know, let's bring this guy up a tier or two with this match. My concern with Takeshita is I wonder if, while he is clearly ready from a talent perspective, I just don't know if you've got him to the point with the TV viewer where this fully makes sense. Now, I, now hold on. I know he had the bang with Hangman. I get it totally. I just, him being without a win on TV makes it slightly difficult for me. I have to be totally honest. And if we were six months, well, we not even that, if we were three months into this run and he just had a couple wins along the way, I'd be a lot more in on throwing him up to the top of the board. I just, I don't know. I think I don't, I don't know if this is the spot to do it. I think maybe just a little too soon in terms of booking, but in terms of the match, it would be tremendous. And he's clearly skilled enough and talented enough, and honestly, he's getting over quickly enough to um, to be in this spot. But I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think this is the time for Takeshita. But that's just me. Um, most of the names I'm seeing in the chat, I have on my. List in front of me here. Let's go to another one. I've seen him brought up a few times, somewhat reluctantly so in some cases. Sammy Guevara. Now, this one is a lot because this is clearly the best option if you want to keep John Moxley babyface, firmly babyface, that is. Um, you know, he will get, obviously, he would get um, booed as he always does as Blake. I just don't think he has much juice. Sammy is um, an interesting case study in like heat and what that means because I kind of think a lot of the, you know, they've turned him here when he's leaning in and all that stuff. To me, is um, not doing much good for him at all, just to be totally honest. I think he feels like he's fallen down the card quite dramatically. Um, which is, you know, it happens. Guys go up and down. I, I just don't think, I don't think he's like this red hot heel that people want him to be. That's just me. Now, you know, wh whatever. Um, like, look, this is fair. I just don't, 
that's not my read of Sammy right now. If you'd asked me six months ago, I'd probably agree with you. He was really over. I don't see him that way right now. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, do I think it would be a crazy, a crazy choice? No, not really. I think the match would be good. I don't think it would be particularly exciting, personally. That's, maybe that's subjective, but I don't know. I don't know where you guys in the chat are at. I just, I don't think he feels particularly important right now. And that's not all on him by any means. Like, that's just the way stuff's kind of shuffled. I just, the TNT thing is kind of, um, you know, the TNT thing hurt him in that he kind of became like the face of bad, bad booking, which isn't on him at all. You know, and obviously there's other stuff that I don't even like. I don't give a fuck about that stuff. I just, I just think a lot of the heat is like not. I don't want to do the good heat, bad heat discussion, but I don't personally think a lot of the audience is booing him in like a top guy here way at all. I think he's just getting booed, which, you know, maybe I'm wrong on that front. I don't think it's particularly compelling personally, but that's just me. Okay. Sammy Guevara, nonetheless, he's worth bringing up. I don't think it'd be a crazy choice. The match would be cool. You get what you get. All right. Up next, let's look in the direction. We've already talked about Eddie Kingston. Let's look in the direction of perhaps the favorite in my view, Chris Jericho. Jericho is the one that clearly would continue the feud that is currently underway with, um, you know, with, uh, with the Jericho Appreciation Society and all that good stuff. And, the only other guy in the Jericho Appreciation Society that um, that could be in this spot wrestled Moxley last week. So if you're going to do something with Jericho Appreciation Society, it's going to be Jericho himself. I'm not convinced, to be totally honest, that he's going to be in this match because Jericho is, you know... Has Jericho tweeted about it? In which case, yes, he's won it. This, this seems like a big scoop. Jericho, I think, is the favourite to win this. Honestly. Um... I didn't know he tweeted that. If so, then, yeah, take it to the bank. But, no, in all seriousness, Jericho and Moxley is a really nice kind of sweet spot where it's a big match, but it's not one you're saving for down the line because you've done it before. You never run it back, so it's, like, vaguely fresh. If you do some shenanigans with 2.0 and Hager and Co., you may be able to get people to buy it on a bunch of false finishes about him winning, which is very strong. You can do another Eddie Kingston run-in where he stumbles a little bit, which is awesome. I think it's a really... While it isn't one that, like... I'll be totally honest with you guys. I think Jericho's been great. As of late, I'm not, like, desperate to see this match. But from a television perspective, this is in some ways one of the smarter calls. Um, in a lot of ways, it's kind of perfect. I just think it would be a nice place to elevate someone, which is clearly where I'm leaning. The other thing with Jericho is... He isn't, like, outrageous as an opponent for Tanahashi at all. Tanahashi had one of Jericho's best matches in the last 10 years. And, you know, he's a big enough star that, like, you could feed, you could talk yourself into Tanahashi versus Jericho being the match. So in that way, he, he really makes a lot of sense. Um, to be clear, I would be very hesitant to do Jericho Tanahashi again. I think, you know. End it on that on that triumph they had at Toka. That was quite the feat they had there. So I wouldn't try and run it back, but it would be feasible. And I think Jericho makes an awful lot of sense. I would personally question if he gains as much from it as like you know um, 
some of the other guys we talked about. I'm not sure, but it may be what's best for the TV show. So in that regard, I don't, you know, I don't really have um, an issue if that's where they go. Frank underscore one E is subscribed with Prime. Thanks, pal. Appreciate that very much. Jericho is absolutely one of the best options, and I think he's almost objectively the most likely option. Let's talk about Pack. Reese just brought up. Pack is a really fun one because him and Moxley's a big time match. I think that happened early in AEW. I forget. I think it was a TV match they did early uh, when they kind of did, I, or they did like Mox and Pack versus Hangman and Kenny or something like that. I, I forget. Um. Pack is an interesting one because he's a guy who you absolutely can have lose to John Moxley. But he's like protected enough that he's definitely credible. He's like a really weird um he's honestly one of the strangest members of the roster in that he's a full-time member, but because of the circumstances, he's kind of, he feels like he's on the outside looking in a bunch. Which gives him a kind of aura that makes it feel special when you get him in a big time singles match like this would be. Um, him and Moxley is a big match. It would obviously be a great match. The audience loves Pack and would convince themselves, um, you know, that he's got a shot, which is is what you want. I don't know if the TV viewer would necessarily buy him, but I, I think he's he's kind of awesome enough, if that makes any sense, to to overcome that. So I think Pack's a really feasible one. I just um, I don't know. You know, if, I don't know if he, to me, he's kind of a middle ground between Jericho and those other guys where it's like, he doesn't need it as much as the first guys we talked about. But in the same way, um, you know, he's not quite as marquee as like Jericho is. So there you go. Uh, just to tell back, because this is a good question, but I, I was talking, I answered earlier about House of Black. I don't think it's the time for them. It's a good question. If it was them, I would pop because it would be awesome. Those matches would be great. All three of those matches would be great. Um, but I just don't think it's the time. I think you've been patient enough. Stay patient with House of Black. Hester is subscribed with Prime. Thanks, pal. We appreciate it very much. Um, he also says, the more you've talked, the more I'm convinced Jericho is the right option. I don't disagree. I still love that Keith Flea one, but Jericho makes an awful lot of sense. He really does. All right, let's go for a last couple here. I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about Christian Cage as a sort of lesser version of what Jericho gives you. Um, many of you will know, I am big into this idea and I've pitched it many times for the last four months, five months now. God, maybe six. I'm big into the idea of um, Christian seeking his own title win and that, that only kind of um, accelerating his frustrations with trying to live vicariously through Jungle Boy and his dinosaur friend. So that is something that I think you could certainly do here. There is an inside story of him, his thing with Jungle Boy starting in a battle royal, which is kind of fun. Um, him redeeming himself in that regard, doing a promo with, with, uh, with Jungle Boy and saying, you know, I'm... I'm going to go to Forbidden Door and, and get the big belt. And then, you know, we're going to have all the belts and all that stuff. And failing in that regard, I think it would be a nice element to his eventual turn on Jungle Boy, assuming that Adam Edgelord isn't coming in to be his partner. So 
Christian is a fun one. It's definitely one more for my personal preference because I would like to see him wrestle Moxley. Um, my honest read on it is they're going to have a more extended feud at some point because I know those guys are pretty close. So I thought I would reference him simply because um, Christian is a big name and, you know, he's he's got a certain level of standing with the with the wider wrestling audience. I think the match would be great. So Christian, I thought I'd add to the board. Samoa Joe is not on the board because while it would be a pop, I do not think that... Um, I do not think that Joe, a hype train has started. WrestleMania has subscribed for one month for tier one. Thanks, pal. We appreciate it. A hype train has started, folks. And all that means, but it started. Um, and right, this is it, man. The roster's crazy. This is why I love doing this, though. It's fun. As nerdy as this show's been, this is fun <laughs> for me. Oh, it's fun for you. Uh, Joe, I think, is going to be out for the next little stretch here. Um, he's, you know. He's, uh, I think he's got the, the, uh, the gimmick. What's the film he's doing? Or the TV show he's doing? I think that's gonna kill. That's why they wrote him off for a little bit. I think you'd expect to see Joe back in motion, ready to go for the build to the Ring of Honor show. Um, is the Battle Royal really going to go really long? Is the Battle Royal going to go really long? Sorry, I, I, I read that poorly. Is the Battle Royal going to go really long? What else is on this show? They're only being announced is Hangman and Finley, so it could go long, especially if it's star studded. He could definitely get real, like, antsy about beating guys, having guys just thrown over. It could go, like, 30, 40 minutes long, which I think would be a major mistake. Um, yeah. This, I'm looking here. Uh, uh, what we got here? Melissa, JJ, both cheering 100 bits. There is there is Grinny is running wild here. I see this. I see that level one is complete. Thanks, Fails. Thanks very much. That rules. Um Joe Tanahashi, pop. Twisted Metal, there you go. Congratulations. Yeah, Wardlow, I don't think, can be in this. I think you got to do something else with Wardlow. you got to figure out something for him. Though. You don't want him to just kind of float around. All right, the last name I have on my board here is MJF. I think this would be dumb. I think it would be rushed. I think it would probably be illogical. Not probably, I think it would be illogical. But I wanted to mention him because I know he's on, every, on the tip of everyone's tongue at the minute, which credit to him for that. I just don't think this is the place for MJF. I think if you're going to do this worksheet business and you're going to have him taken out of ads and take off his site and this, that, and the next thing, and you know, you need to at least get through one week of him not being on the show. Now, while I personally, I think you should do a deal where he actually is off for a few weeks and then he starts doing kind of stunts and he's showing up in place. Now, I'm a firm kind of believer in you have to be very careful of who you're working here. However, I am intrigued legitimately by having MJF on camera in the crowd when, like, you take, like, a wide shot and you pan, but not doing, like, the wrestling thing of holding on and be like, oh, my God, MJF's here. No, just, just go past, just move past. Don't even reference him. And let social media do social media and pick stuff up like they do because everyone's so inside now. And let people kind of see as much as they want to see of it. I think if he's just on the TV show or in the next month as like a regular character, I think it's done. He has to be an outsider. That's the whole point. He's been suspended, basically. And he's got so heavy they won't even talk about it. Now, I say all this to say I ain't got a clue how much of this, even at this point, is like planned. I think a lot of this could be operated on the fly, which is very scary. Um, 
big Pillman vibes for the latest Sean Rossett report on it, which was very intriguing. So I don't really know with the MJF thing, but if you're going to do it, do it right. He shouldn't be on TV this week. That's my personal read on it. Um, more bits from, from Melissa, JJ, uh, Frank. My God. Look at us. Look at us with these bits. I still don't know what that means. Phoenix and Penta are interesting. Very interesting. I was thinking this through, and I eventually lost, left them off the list. If it's going to be one of those two, I would certainly lean more towards Ray Phoenix. I just ultimately concluded that if you're going to do Death Triangle Packs, the guy to go with. Now, granted, that leaves out the possibility that, um, you know, the very real possibility that Pack is not around, which is fine. But Phoenix is an exciting one. I'm not really into Penta for this role. That's just me. Um, I think, you know, him and Mox would be would be called cool. Bits equals money. Well, in that case, special thank you. I always forget which one's which. Bits, bits are the things you cheer, right? Good stuff. Uh, Pentaverse Mox would be cool. I just, I don't know. It's not really the spot for him. I, I, it feels like it would be a bit of a reach to me. Phoenix is different in that, like, he had, even though he's not as, like, um, overtly kind of popular as Penta because Penta has all the taunt and the incredible visual, his work is so revered by the fan base. I think you can do it. But I, I personally wouldn't. So just to put a bow on that to answer this, because it's a good question I answered very long ago, so I understand not everyone was here. I'm, I think if he's around, start Andrade should be one of the top candidates. I, I don't know if he's going to be back yet. If he is, yes, he should be one of the top three or four guys you think about for sure. Um, oh, it's not just you. Penta's taunt is absurd. It's one of the most ridiculous things ever. It's not, it's not just you. It's a matter of whether you find it endearing or or, or embarrassing. It's your, it's your call. Um, yes, we, we we appreciate you guys on this this bits business and hype trains and that stuff. It's it, it's blown us all away. The um, you know the quick support on Twitch and how quickly you guys just followed us there. Tremendous. Uh, it's becoming very clear. This is hard to go wrong. Anyone but Jake Hager, and it should be good times. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, genuinely, Hager is the only one that seems like not impossible, that would be, like, a, an active mistake. Like, I was kind of down on Sammy Guevara earlier, but I genuinely think it's it would be fine. It's not the most exciting thing to me, but, you know. All right, just to put a bow on that, my favourite option is Keith Lee. Um, Jericho is probably the most kind of... Um, I it's... I, I'm doing. I'm kind of struggling with this because I, I do think Keith Lee makes a lot of sense in a lot of exciting ways that Jericho doesn't. But I think Jericho is probably the best choice. I think Jericho is definitely the favourite. Um, but I, I stick with those guys, man. I was saying again, Keith, Hobbs, Starks, and Swerve are all intriguing. I think Orange is a dark horse. O'Reilly is too. I just named about eight people. That's my shortlist for the uh, for the gig. So there you go. Let's talk about Hangman and and uh, David Finley Jr. Uh, which, with that in mind, chops us. Does Hangman challenge Okada after his win tonight? What's the story coming out of this match? Well, I think it goes about saying that clearly, um, clearly, you need a promo of some sort tonight, right? I think you know whether it's whether he's calling out Okada or he's doing something else or he's saying something about the elite or whatever it is. You need some form of of um, of promo tonight, you know, probably post-match promo with Shivani or whatever it may be. I think the big thing here is what Ibi brings up, which is 
what kind of attitude we get, what kind of presentation we get. Do we get a particularly vicious hangman after he didn't pull the trigger at the pay-per-view? Or, on the contrary, is he kind of content with his choice and he's, he's confident he's going to get he's going to quickly remedy this thing by winning, for example, the IWGP title? I don't know. I um, The Dave's reporting of the Okada thing was, like, weird enough that I don't really know if it's happening or not. So, bravo. Um, him and Okada makes a lot of sense for Forbidden Door. It makes sense for Hangman, but you have to, like, you really have to be prepared for what you're going to do next. Like, I'm not very good at trying to figure out the kind of in-depth um, character elements in wrestling. It's, like, it's not saying I'm, I'm effective at So a lot of you have a better read on Hangman's character than I do. But I think we can all agree that you definitely need to, like, have, like, a plan. If he's going to lose that title match too, you need to ready whatever the next direction is and however you're going to kind of rebuild him. I think we all agree we want Hangman to be, like, the ace of promotion long term. So whatever your detour here is, it needs to be focused and it needs to be in line with, with who Hangman's audience perceives it to be. So I don't know what that is necessarily. That's not a strong suit of mine. Um, you know, obviously there'd have to be some sort of reaction to losing two big title matches, right? But what that is and how you do it, I genuinely don't know. But that's the only thing that would make me hesitant with Okada is you're really going strong in one direction of like him losing two big matches. And I just, I don't know. It'd be slightly brave, I think. Um, I think we might see Jay and Juice after the match when we get a tag of Finley and Hangman against Jay and Juice to build a Jay White Hangman match with Bindor. Would that be for the belt or not is the thing that intrigues me. I think that's possible too. Um, for the belt or not, to be clear. Hope they have everything planned out for what's next off of Bin Door. The next thing should be, in my opinion, Malachi trying to fully corrupt him. See, now there you go. This is what I mean by that's not a strong suit of mine. That's immediately a better idea than if I had from Malachi. That's for a hangman. That's perfect. That's exactly the kind of character that Malachi would latch onto. Um, and it would also, you know, it would immediately explore the, the kind of finish of the last uh, pay per view, which was making the right choice rather than the the smart choice, if that makes sense. And Malachi could, with these spooky promos, could certainly explore that and have fun with that. So, that make, yeah, that's, that's strong. Um, yeah, you can, do, you can do a lot of different stuff with it. I, I think you'll probably get him calling out Okada, if I was to, like, really guess, but um, it's difficult to say. I don't know. Who are Hangman's partners when he has... He and uh, House of Black have a bang. I mean, ideally, it would be Silver and, and Reynolds, right? But that seems like that's a thing of the past, so I don't know. His last partners with Dress Express. Um, as for tonight's match itself, it's not very exciting. David Finley is, is solid. Like, absolutely solid and good pro, but he's not, like, you know, he don't exactly jump off the page. I'm not sure many people saw the graphic and was like, oh, my God, spreadsheets, you know? He's good. He's a good wrestler. So I think he'll be good. I mean, he's the one thing I will say is stylistically, I mean, Hangman's going to just whack him really hard. So I think he'll probably match him in physicality, if nothing else, and they'll have a kind of bruising 10 minute television match. So I think he'll be good. It's not the most, you know, um, spectacular matchup, but for a little teaser of what's ahead, I think it's cool. So there you go. If we get Okada Hangman, I'll buy Forbidden Door two times over. My dream match. My God. Well, don't do that. You only have to get it once. I mean, it's great. It's, it's great. You have a, but, you know, just be, 
Unless you want to watch it on two screens, in which case. Fair. I wonder if they do two feeds and one you can buy Kevin Kelly and Chris Cholton and the other you get JR getting mad at all the matches. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just playing. That match is awesome. And they're both so, like, versatile, stylistically. Yeah, it'll be interesting. This is my this is going to be my last talking point because we've I went so long on that nerdy shit that I just killed all our time. Um, he'll be asked, "What do you see for the women tonight?" Which is a great question. So last week, obviously, we did that kind of weird like stop off tag where it was a rematch from Rampage, and um, you know we had Ruby winning, which felt was a puzzling choice, I must say. And then Brit so Brit took the fall, and then afterwards they got their heat back. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they announced today um, Jamie versus either Tony again or Ruby again. Ruby, she wrestled in September. But that field is on the board, same with Jamie in a singles versus either of those two. Um, I'm all, I'm getting slightly – I would be getting slightly gun-shy with Jamie in singles because if she's not winning, I'm kind of a little bit you know, concerned about that element of it, I must say. The other options, something with Athena – I think it's very likely, very possible, I should say, not likely, it's very possible that they announce um, Athena and Red Velvet because that's, you know, logical. The only reason they wouldn't is because they want to space out the two, um, you know, the, the the kind of pursuit of the Jade match, which makes sense. Uh, other than that, I'm trying to think, I mean, Roses obviously needs a new program, so maybe you pick whoever's wrestling Rose and X and give them a win. I don't know if Rose is going to be around, so I know she, was, she wasn't well last week, so... Hopefully she's good. If she is, you need to give her something to do. Goes without saying. But um, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some kind of just guesses. I I wouldn't be surprised either, honestly, if Serena Deep just gets a win on TV because she lost the pay per view. Because like, I'm look, their program was where it was. Like the build was very, it was rough at times, to be totally frank. But Serena and Thunder Rosa killed it, and I absolutely think they can main event a dynamite together in a rematch, especially with a stipulation of some kind. Like they can, I think they can definitely do that. So, in that case, you could equally do Serena Deeb in a win over, you know, someone you can have a real match with, um, maybe like her and Yuka or something like something cool like that, you know. Um, fuck her and Riho would be great. So, there's some different things you can do. I actually think it would be cool, and Reese has said it already, so. I'll, I'll throw his gimmick on the screen here. I think it would be cool in fear of, you know, going over kind of stuff that people get real mad talking about. Like, I think it would be pretty cool if they did two women's matches tonight because there's going to be a battle royal. But, you know, I know it's a you know, very, very controversial topic. But I think it would be pretty cool personally. I think you could definitely do – if you what was the the ones he said? Athena and Red, Hater versus Tony. Like, if you switched one of those because you didn't want to do – you didn't want to burn both with the Serena match I just mentioned. I think that'd be fine. I think the show would be okay. Um, okay. Has the six women been booked? Anna or Chris? Could, there you go. You could do the six women. You could do Anna or Chris. There you go. Andrew's right. Um, they're building to – oh, sorry. Are they building to an ODQ match between Ruby and Britt? Um, they could be. I'd rather they just not wrestle again, to be honest. But, yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. We're in our – Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this. I uh, really enjoyed getting the chance to be aggressively nerdy here and kind of just list off names. And um, I look, I I think everyone knows how much I'm a fan of CM Punk. I'm gutted that he's not 
going to be around for this next couple of months. But I will say wrestling and the challenge of reacting to these moments is one of the things that makes wrestling so kind of... Um, uh, it's always a lie of wrestling. You know, there's no off-season, as, as, as every WWE video game used to stress to us. And I just... I think it's... Um, I think it's it's interesting seeing how different promotions react to these things. So I hope we had fun with this. I hope you did. I know I did. Um, go watch the 31 with Robert O'Neill. I will see you tomorrow at this same time on this same platform for the review of the show we just talked about for an hour. In the meantime, enjoy this outro, folks. All how.